Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me here today for Episode 7 of the podcast are my co-host, Willie Crocker. Hey, now. And back from his time away on on the ocean, Tim Hicks. You're my favorite deputy. Yes, I watched some Toy Story 4 also. <laughs> As always, Diz Dad's Podcast Plus is b- brought to you by Mouse Master Travel and Wicked Mouse Travel. We're also sponsored by Kingdom Strollers. Any of those would love to help you out with your next Disney vacation. Uh, you know, Willie and Wicked Mouse, obviously, helping you with various Disney destinations. Same thing with Mouse Master Travel and Kingdom Strollers. Well, they'll help you whether you go to Disney or those guys down the street even. Um, they'll help you out there, too, with the stroller. Um, all right. So we're back. We've got Tim back after being away for a few episodes. Um, we couldn't resist. We have to talk about Tim's trip. So we're going to lead off here talking about Tim's trip, but while we do that, we thought it would also be a good time to address why travel on Disney Cruise Line in the first place. Um, you know, Willie, we we hear these questions all the time when we get that that shocked reaction the first time somebody hears the the price of a Disney Cruise Line cruise, and they say, "I could sail for half that on Carnival." It, mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably could. Um, yeah, you sure could. But right. it's a different experience. And so mm-hmm. we want to kind of touch on some of those as we go. You can also drive a Yugo. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not anymore. I don't know. Maybe you'd buy one if you wanted to. Yugo Slavia. Still. Okay, right. there you go. Of course. All right. So, so Tim, why don't, why don't you give us the background on this one? Because um, – I know that you've sailed previously on Disney Dream and you've done the shorter three and four night, but I believe this was your first trip on Disney Fantasy. Yes, it was. It was, um, yeah, we just um, decided that, you know, we've seen, we've seen Nassau enough and, um, you know, I hadn't, I've been wanting to do an Eastern Caribbean for the longest time, you know, ever since I was asking around, Hey, what's What's, uh, you know, what, what cruises do, you know, any of you people really enjoy, you know, just ask around people and, uh, they're like, oh, you gotta do Eastern Caribbean, Eastern Caribbean. That's, that's the way to go. That's the ticket. And so we finally, you know, bit the bullet this year and said, let's do something different. Let's do something we haven't done. We're not going to spend a week and a half in Disney world. We're not going to do the same Nassau thing. We're going to go see what the Virgin islands are like. So that was, that was, uh, the impetus. And we just decided, Hey, you know, but in contrast, the previous cruise that we went on was only a three-night cruise, and we said never again will we do a three-night. Never again. It's just too short, especially on on Disney Cruise Line. So, um, 
All we right. decided to, to go for it, do the seven night. So you were going from a three night to a seven night. So that's a big shift all by itself um, yeah. from the dream to the fantasy. So they're sister ships. It's fairly similar, um, but a, a different kind of trip overall for you all. And obviously, you know, a, a step up in, in cost as well, presumably. Um, did you even bother to look at other cruise lines or, or you sold from the get go that, you know, when you stepped up to seven night, it was going to be a Disney cruise. Well, uh, our previous experience with Disney is just, you know, made us, well, at risk of sounding like a, a snob, you know, we just, uh, it, there is a certain, uh, service aspect that, uh, that exists on Disney that we're not confident exists on any other cruise line, uh, as verified by my sister-in-law, who's been on every single cruise line. And, uh, you know, so we decided, you know, we're going to be gone that long. We're going to, you know, we're going to make sure that we are doing it right and being treated the way we wanted to be treated and, you know, all that sort of thing. And the cost was, you know, we, I think we paid about a thousand dollars more than we did for our last four night. So, you know, to, to do a seven night, you know, with everything that comes with it, I didn't think that it was that bad, really. Right, right. And and that's the advantage of taking a, a cruise in the winter months, right? You sailed in January, and so that's – you're, you're going to save a lot versus taking that same cruise in, say, June or July. Right. Well, and, and my wife and I are both, you know, pretty heat sensitive, so those summertime cruises are a, a little bit rough on us. So. Right. We 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 have, we're able to get the time off in January. It works well for us. It's not too hot. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the advanced planning that you did. Um, I know that you um, found an online uh, uh, cruise group on on Facebook that was mm-hmm. you know people cruising with your group. Uh, what what things did you do in addition to finding a Facebook group to kind of get yourselves ready for this cruise? I uh, did a lot of research on uh, – because, you know, the the, the hurricanes, um, Irma and what's the other one that went through, you know, had really uh, done some devastation to uh, the Virgin Islands. And, you know, we really had to think about, you know, is, is that – is it something that we feel like uh, we can do? Is it – is there is there much for us to even do when we're there? Um, so there was a lot that went into the planning in terms of, okay, my wife is in a wheelchair, so, you know, what – what uh, port adventures are there that are wheelchair friendly? Um, a lot of things like that that uh, we otherwise wouldn't have thought much about. Okay, and um, did you have things that that you you did book you know well in advance, or were you mostly kind of taking things as they came? Well, you know the 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 one thing is, um, and this is not true of all Disney cruises, not by any means. But for our particular sailing, there were not any um, any handicap friendly uh, excursions on either island. So uh, we had to go outside of um, the Disney excursions and book a private tour uh, for that purpose. Which you know that worked out just fine. You know, um, my wife's wheelchair breaks down into four different pieces, so you know the the driver of the the van was just pretty um flabbergasted at how that how easily that you know broke down and loaded up into the back of his van but you know it was uh, a private tour it was the driver my wife and i the whole two plus hours that we cruised around st thomas so um uh that was pleasant um i know a lot of people that booked a lot of different uh excursions a lot of people for example went uh, zip lining on st thomas and don't think i didn't think about that but um 
Yeah, with my fear of heights and fear of falling, I, you know, that probably was not going to be the best idea for me. Fear anyway. of heights, fear of falling, zip line. Yeah, um, because why not? Yeah, climb way up in the tree and then slide along. Then jump. Yeah. <laughs> so no Tim of the Jungle. No Tim of the Jungle. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, um, so let's let's go ahead and, and get to the sort of the trip itself. Um, talk to me about the stateroom you booked. I mean, you you obviously have some limitations as to the rooms that you can choose because it's got to be able to accommodate, uh, you know, your wife um, and her her chair. Um, so what what did you end up booking? Well, you know, that was uh, that was the mistake we made on our very first Disney cruise is we just took them, you know, we took a guaranteed stateroom, didn't think, you know, that it would really be that big of a deal that, um, you know, with the, the staterooms, but uh, quickly found out that the stateroom doors are about an inch and a half too narrow to be able to drive a wheelchair in and out of. That's why they make the, that's why they make the accessible rooms. Um but you know that was that's one of the things that really sold us on Disney cruises is the fact that okay we didn't know enough to know to to book the accessible room well here's our our um, our stateroom porter you know every time our door opened it's like he just came out of the woodwork <laughs> and so he was there to either help me you know break down the chair and bring it in or out or you know hold up my wife while I was doing it you know there he was it's like he was always there and just getting that kind of service. Um, I, I feel quite certain you don't get on um, on any other cruise line. So what we discovered um, on the previous cruise, uh, we just decided, you know, to, to book the uh, inside stateroom on the on deck two. You know, uh, not not an ocean view, not a not a balcony, nothing like that. And um, it, those rooms have the magic. They call it the magic porthole. Where they, you know, they've got live uh, closed circuit TV of what's going on outside, but then they have the additions of, you know, maybe um, the Cheshire Cheshire Cat will show up on the screen, or maybe uh, Dumbo will go flying past, or, you know, some some silly like that. And to me, that was awesome. I mean, we don't we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the stateroom anyway, so sure. um, for us that was that was pretty ideal. The the one thing that wasn't ideal was just the fact that being right behind the elevators, we didn't hear elevators, but we heard kids running up in the hall down the hallway to get to the elevators. So right. that, that that was a little on the minus side, but it was not unpleasant. Were you the cranky old man that went out and shook your finger and said no running kids? Yeah, <laughs> in my underwear, walk out in the hallway. Exactly. Get up, running up and down here. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> well, now, now we're making fun of it, but but it does bring up a point, which is, you know, I'm sure at this point in the podcast, there are probably people sitting and listening and thinking, wait a second, we've been talking about Tim and his wife. Nobody said anything about any children. So two adults traveling by themselves and choosing to pay the Disney Cruise Line premium. Yes. Huh? Huh? So no, right? Well, why would why in the world would anybody do that? Well, my experience has been you get what you pay for. Um for example, my brother um can't, you know, he 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 likes to cruise, but what he can afford is carnival. And he keeps trying to get us to go on a carnival cruise with him. And, you know, I've talked to a person that was on a carnival cruise and they said, Well, you know, here's the thing. 
we you know walked onto the ship, went to our stateroom, and somebody from the the previous cruise had barfed in the hallway right in front of our stateroom door, and it never got cleaned up. You know, just things like that. That it's like it, it, Disney spends a lot of time and a lot of money to keep everything looking top notch, first class, first rate. So you walk in, everything is sparkling clean. Um, the hallways always vacuumed. The the air filters always rotated out. Um, and even before you get on the ship, you see them, you know, if there's anything wrong or anything that they perceive as being amiss with the exterior of the ship, man, they're out there cleaning it up and they do it in home port and they do it in, in the ports of call as well. So, um, why do it? Well, because I get a vacation too, because invariably, uh, like I said, you know, people just the the cast members just come out of the woodwork. They're they're there when you leave your room. Hey, where are we going, Mister Hicks? What you what are you up to today? They're you know they are so keen on keeping the place really clean and germ free. I mean, you can go to one of the public restrooms and go back ten minutes later, and someone will have already been in there and recleaned it and redid the you know the paper towels in their little triangle thing that they do. <laughs> and and uh, paper you, art, Tim. I, that's paper it. art. You paper. know how to do it. Don't pretend like you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing of what you're talking about. But you can't. You don't walk into um, any of the restaurants, even the casual restaurant, without somebody handing you a, uh, a wet wipe to you know to to clean your hands. Or um, I don't know if this is something that's exclusive to the fantasy, but I've never seen it on the dream before. Is uh, at Cabana's at the uh, the casual uh, buffet uh, restaurant, they actually had uh, sinks on both sides of the ship. You walk in and here's all these sinks where you can actually wash your hands. So they're, you know, they're very keen on the, they're there on the dream too. You just didn't notice them. Oh, I think they just, they just added it last week. Um, all right. Well, so those are all good things. And, and I think the other thing that people sometimes forget about when they're thinking about why adults might cruise on Disney Cruise Line, you know, even though they don't have kids with them, is that, you know, one of the flip sides of the fact that, that the kids club program is great for the kids and they have a good time there is that, that has a ripple effect, right? Yes. The, the fact that the kids are off having a great time in the kids club means that you don't have these sort of, you know, roving packs of bored 11 year olds in the halls of the cruise, exactly. um, which, which you do see sometimes on some other cruise lines. Um, if they're not engaged in a kids club and don't want to be in it, you know, they're spending chunks of the day kind of wandering around looking for something to do and annoy you is, you know, on the agenda. On the agenda, that's right. But you know the thing is, there are there are cruise lines out there that are adult only. But here's the thing: I'm not a gambler. I don't want to go spend a bunch of time in a casino. Um, you know, at best, I'll go hang out in the bar and we'll drink and have a good time. Maybe get up on the dance floor and dance a little bit. But you know, that's that's the way I vacation. I, I vacation by doing the things that I enjoy and avoiding the things that I really don't. And uh, to the extent that you know that some of the other cruise lines are big floating casinos that's not that's not my idea of a good time and if you think that um disney cruise line is like just packed with kids and it's just kids everywhere and they're bored and they don't know what to uh-uh, they're not they all they love the for the most part the kids love the kids clubs 
They want to be there. They don't want to be all up in the faces of the adults. They've got their own things to do. Even teenagers, you know, they got they've got their clubs too. They're playing games or watching movies or doing their own karaoke. Or they they on the Disney cruise they have their own sun deck. They can sit out and you know uh, sit out in the sunshine or or get in the the hot tub or the swimming pool. They've got their own space, and that's a really cool thing. We had to drag our kids out of the kids club almost every night, like. I can remember they were having noodles for dinner, but Stitch was sitting down to have dinner. And it was like you would have thought they were having hundred dollar bills for dinner. It was so <laughs> crazy. Like it was I was like, let's go, let's go. It's nine thirty. And we had breakfast with one of the other characters at like seven thirty. So like they have to get a little bit of sleep. Sooner or later. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, I know the last time we took uh, my my youngest to his uh, – at the time, he was 17, not quite 18. Um, and a, the, the, the most reclusive kiddo you ever met. I mean, he, he's like not into crowds, not into doing things with other people. In fact, um, we, have ha- we have had anti-homecoming and anti-prom parties at our house just because he didn't want to be involved in that. Here's the kid that is like, okay, dinner's done. See ya. You know, and, and he's off there. They're they're filming a movie, and my kid, Mister Re- Recluse, has been voted homecoming king for the cruise. It's like, who are you, and what have you done with my son? <laughs> but that's the specialness of Disney because they make you feel important all the time. Like, oh, hey, it's Sam. Look, he's back, and they make you feel like you're that important kid all the time. Like. My kids still talk about, can we just go back to the kids club one more time? And now I have a 14-year-old. He's going to be in a different club for the second time. And right. oh boy. Well, and it's it's not even just the kids clubs too. I mean, I would add that that our experience was that the cast members, well, I guess on, they're, they're not cast members on, on the ships anymore. They're, they're crew. Um, but the crew on board um, – it's fantastic with kids, regardless of whether they're working in the kids club. I mean, my kids, one of their favorite Disney cruise memories is it was our the the first day of the cruise when you're boarding and it's kind of chaotic and you're trying to grab lunch and a little you know table on the side, whatever. And my kids just don't handle chaos particularly well. Um, it really stresses them out. And so, you know, we're, we're sitting down, we're trying to have some, um, lunch on that arrival day. And, you know, my son is, is, um, stressed out about it and he's kind of hiding behind his napkin. And one of the servers comes by the table we'd been sitting at and just real gently and quietly engages him and convinces him to, um, you know, let her show him how to fold his napkin into Mickey into um uh mini ears like a mini bow oh cool right and so engages him and gets him involved in this and to this day you hand either of my kids a cloth napkin and they, they immediately it. turn it into a mini bow and it goes uh-huh. on their heads and that's awesome <laughs> Because like that's a little hidden trick you can do. Right, you go to a dinner party, and next thing you know, everyone's got bows. Right, exactly. It's card tricks, but it's napkin tricks. Right, and and it was just a little subtle one-off thing, but it it made it it put him at ease. And it being that first day of the the trip, you know, I could I could 
envision things going a very different direction on that trip had he started that trip off with a really bad experience from the chaos that's just natural for that boarding lunch when there's so many people coming and going and people don't know where they are and you don't know where you're going and it's and you it's got to do the safety drill and yada 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 right right exactly um and just a, you know that little cast interaction that little crew member interaction really changed the tone the safety drill speaking of the one you want is the lounge because you get to sit yeah. in a comfortable chair. Well, the yeah, lounge is good. The, the theater is good too because the th- you get to sit yeah, in, the, the theater, in the seats yeah. in the theater. Um, so yeah, that one's good too. Because unfortunately, in the lounge, even though you're sitting in the lounge, they they won't actually serve you. But it's just yeah. not having to stand out in the like we got stuck. It was October and it was like 98, Ugh. and we were just standing in the sun right. and it was just barreling down. Oh, and they're God. like, "We're missing two people. We can't do anything." And I'm like. Let's go. <laughs> and the people are standing on the sides of uh, Port Canaveral, like waving, and we're right, not right. moving. <laughs> we're not moving. Not moving. All right. So, so Willie's got us talking about the the ship itself. So, Tim, let's let's get back to talking more about your trip and um, talk to us a little bit about the maybe some of the basics, right? The the Things that might be considered more mundane, but I think it's helpful for people, especially who haven't taken a Disney cruise before, to, you know, get a feel for how Disney handles the, um, you know, the whole boarding process and that, that whole maybe first, you know, half of your day on your arrival when you're, you're arriving in port and getting on board and that, that whole sequence. Can you kind of walk us through how you yeah. handle it? And in your well, situation, it's kind of unique because, you know, you, you deal with, with somebody who's who's in an uh, ECV. Right. And, uh, you know, that's they, – they, they do everything they can to make it just as special as possible from the very get-go. I mean, everybody's got to go through screening and, you know, all that happy stuff. So, you know, that fortunately, they, they don't, you know, they don't take a whole – uh, a whole lot of time and detail, especially for a person in ECV, that um, you know they're they're going to check it over, but they're going to move you along. But uh, when you get into the main terminal, you know you've got it's well designed, it's well laid out. There are a lot of places, you know, a lot of windows to go in and finish up your registration and get your ID card. And there's a big replica of, of one of the ships there that you can stand there and look at. And you know, Mickey Mouse will come out and you know, dressed in his uh, admiral uniform, and you know, come walk up and down and meet the the kids, and you know, that kind of keeps them. Uh, interested for a little bit, and then when it's time to board, you go through you know the airport. It's uh, you know a big porthole with Mickey ears on it. Um, then they you know they 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 check your card to make sure you've been through the whole registration process. They take your photo. Um, but then when you get on board, you don't just get on board the ship. You've got you got the whole crew. Well, no, not the whole crew, but you've got probably a good two dozen people that stand there and line the entrance and when you get on they ask you how you would like to be announced or what your family name is and they will say you know attention disney fantasy now welcomes the hicks family and they all start applauding and you know it's yeah it's it's a little uh, kitschy a little corny but you know it's it's something that is just it's awesome and making you feel like wow this is the beginning of a, a really special trip um Depending on when you get there, you you know you. Might, I'm sorry, we were going to. Well, ask I, I wanted to add that that 
it is Disney after all. So they, there's definitely a, a flair for the theatrical. So you, mm-hmm. you've described sort of coming in through the airport and that's, that's your sort of proscenium moment. But then that announcement takes place in the grand foyer there of, yeah. of the ship. And the ship. it's, it's got that great feeling of, you know, the, making a grand entrance. It, it is that, that movie set where you make a grand entrance. It's, you know, well, this, and, and- and talk about a movie set. You walk in, and and there's this grand foyer and this huge, beautiful chandelier and the, you know, statue of a Mickey character, depending on which ship you're on. Um, it's just, it's it, it just is captivating, and the the whole moment is captivating. And there's you know what five thousand people that have got to get on this ship, so you know uh, uh, they're they're doing this for everybody. It's like, well, this is a this is a little bit of a process. But on the other hand, if you've been, you know, for getting making friends on social media that are also on the same uh, ship, you can you could sit around and listen for some some of the other friends of yours to to board. So that's kind of cool too. And they board you in about four and a half hours, which is crazy to think because the people got off the ship by nine, and they have everyone back on the ship by four thirty. Yeah. It's wild, but and they, know, they do a ship tour got it. usually during the middle of the day, and they have it down to an art. They have it down to an art form. So, so you've done your whole boarding thing now. Um, how do you prefer to do your your boarding lunch? We like to find the the uh, the main dining room that is open. There's usually there's there's one that's open, and you know my experience has been everybody flocks up to the sun deck and get, gets into the buffet line and it's just way crowded and there's no place to sit. Um, when you can find that, that dining room and go in and sit down, you've got somebody that's going to serve you. It's not way overcrowded because like I said, everybody's going up to the, the sun deck. Um, and our experience has been, you know, when we do that, we get to know the people that are sitting at the table next to us and we run into them all over the ship, you know, for the whole the whole trip. But hey, what are you guys doing? You know, is this just? You know, I guess it's not everybody's bag to just you know make friends with everybody. But you know, it's, it make, it sure makes a trip more enjoyable when you do. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that as well. I think that um, it's a lot less stressful to go find the the table service, you know, the the main dining room that that is um, serving lunch and and go there instead of trying to fight the insanity in in cabanas i mean it's cabanas is cool there are nine million choices and that's great but navigating it on that that one time is it's the one time that i'd prefer to avoid cabanas yes and that's what i love cabanas I'm not going to lie. I enjoy it the rest of the time, just not on boarding day. Exactly. The only reason I really like it is because, as Aaron knows, I'm very picky. And uh, I can get a little of this, a little of that, a little of this. And with my son's peanut allergy, we don't have to worry about cabanas because we can just ask at the front door and boom, don't have blank, blank, and blank. And you can sit outside too. And if it's, you know, coming for where I live and you're on a vacation in January, like you were, you, <laughs> you want to be out on the deck. Outside. You want to get yeah. some sunshine. Exactly. I get it. 
Um, all right. So you, you've done the, the whole boarding thing. So let's let's kind of move thematically more than than day to day through this experience you had. Talk about the the highlights of the dining experiences on on this particular sailing. Um, you know, you've got seven nights to to sail. So theoretically, that's you know two opportunities to visit each of the rotational dining restaurants plus right so plus one yep you know opportunities to to experience some other things too and for those that have never been on a disney cruise uh, let me help you understand the rotational dining aspect there are three restaurants three main dining rooms uh where you're going to have dinner and you know if you want to uh have there are cruise lines out there that if you want that sort of an experience you're going to pay more for it but you go in and you're assigned a table um they're not going to assign you know a a pair of 50-year-olds with you know, a, a family that has screaming little kids. It's not going to happen. They're going to try to match you up with people that are of your own age and interest. Um, and then the, uh, the idea here is as you go from one dining room to the next, your wait staff goes with you for the duration of your trip. So you know, they make it, th- make it a point to try to get to know you as well as possible on the very first night. Who are you? What are your names? What do you like? What you not like? What are you gonna? What are you probably gonna ask for? Um, you know, are you gonna ask for a halal meal or a kosher meal? Or you know, in in our case where we have one person in a in an ECB, they made sure there was always a chair missing before we ever got there. Um, so you know, it's there. It's it's the attentiveness to uh, the needs of of their particular tables, the waitstaff's tables, that uh, has blown me away always from from day one. I totally agree. Like my kids sat down every meal. There was a chocolate milk and every dessert. I always had a Mickey ice cream bar. They didn't even have to ask. It was delivered with the kids dessert. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told this story, you know, I'm sure probably half a dozen times on the show, but I, I have to mention it every time because it still blows me away that my son, you know, he can be, hard to please picky eater and our last dinner um he we we sat down to to have dinner and we look at the kids menu and he just starts i mean near meltdown why because the only pizza on the menu is pepperoni and he doesn't eat pepperoni he only eats cheese pizza okay and I, you know, I'm just getting him calmed down, trying to find something else he can order. You're figuring out because they'll customize anything. So I'm even looking at the Absolutely. adult menu. You know, what can they take some sauces off of and he'll be familiar enough that he'll enjoy. Um, by the time I've dealt with this, I turn around and the server is putting a cheese pizza in front of my son. How does he pull yeah. this magic off? He sees what's going on. He went out to the pizza window on the pool deck, got a cheese pizza, and brought it back for him. There you go. You don't get that on Carnival. And I I never would have even asked for it because it's absurd. But it just appeared. But that's that's the cool part. You don't have to ask. Right. And and that's the thing. And I know I've told this story before as well, but uh, it it happened again on this cruise. My wife, you know, with her ailment, uh, her left hand does not work very well, if at all. Sometimes it depends on what kind of day she's having. So, you know, they'll, she, if she orders some, some meat that needs to be cut up, 
she'll hand it over to me and I'll cut it up for her and then I'll hand it back. Well, I do that one time and one time only because as soon as the server sees me doing that, they bring their own knife and fork and they serve all the rest of us. Then they sit hers down and cut up her meat for her and then set that down in front of her. You don't get that on other cruise lines. You just don't. Because people aren't familiar with you because they're not going with you from one restaurant to the next. Right. They don't recognize it and, and you can't really expect it because they don't have that opportunity to get familiar. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, so go ahead and, and talk about, you know, what, what things from those dining experiences um, kind of stood out. Well, one thing that stood out to me for this time around was that the food and, you know, the, this is us, right? We talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. Right. Um, the food has always been stellar on the dream. And this being the first time on the fantasy, the, the food was just not quite as up to par. Interesting. Um, yeah. It, it, I found it very interesting. I don't know what the deal was. But um, one thing that did stand out in my mind was um, <clears throat> the night that uh, the dining room that we were in had um, uh, scallops, sea scallops. And our waiter actually told us, okay, you want this and you want the sea scallops. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) And of the six of us sitting around the table, five of us ordered the scallops along with whatever other main dish that we ordered. And we did not regret it for a second. It was, they were delicious. You make a good point and and you allude to it there kind of, you know, one of the things that is worth mentioning, because you talked as we started talking about dining, about the fact that on a lot of other lines, to get the level of dining you're getting in the main dining rooms at Disney, um, you know, you'd pay extra for a um, special, you know, specialty d- dining, and because it's part of your included, you know, cruise fare, not only is it sort of elevated cuisine, even if it wasn't quite as good this time as as it was before. Um, you're not limited to, you know, ordering that one thing off the menu. Exactly. Um, you can have everything on the menu if you think you can eat it. Right. Exactly. And, and <laughs> well, the really. That, I, I've restricted myself a bit more, you know, this time because, you know, uh, the keto diet that I've been doing for the last year. Right. But the very first cruise, I was like, uh, it was time for dessert. Okay. What do you want for dessert? Well, I don't know. I'm stuck between this and this and the other. They're like, great. They just brought me all of them. <laughs> it was like the steak. There were two steaks on the menu one night, and I just sat there, like, hand on head. Two steaks came out with a baked potato. I was like, I don't even want the vegetables. Just bring me the meat. <laughs> right. And there was one guy at our table this time around that was a straight meat and potatoes guy. And they made sure every night he had straight meat and potatoes every single time, whatever the meat and was. And it was good. And it was, that was good. But see, my favorite part about this and the the fact that they'll do this for you is that it makes it a, a really great opportunity to introduce kids to some more fine dining type food because it's a safe place to try it. It's not like you're taking them to a, a restaurant at home where, you know, even a child's portion is 30 bucks a plate at some you know restaurant serving this kind of thing. But it's already paid for. It's already included. And you order it and they take a few bites and if they like it, great. And if they don't like it, okay, great. no skin off your, you know, get another one. Exactly. I mean, well, so well, as we girl wants to try escargot, try escargot. Why Absolutely. not? Right. Cause a 10 year old at Disney world is an adult. Yep. So yep. they're ordering off a adult menu and they order, let's just say sea scallops and they don't know what they're really ordering, but you're like, just let them try it. On the cruise, you can say, he didn't like this, and they'll bring you something else. 
you know, an up. artist point, they're not going to do that. Like, right. right. <laughs> exactly. And that's uh, that is a big benefit, and one that I pushed in in my social media group too. Is hey, you know, th- where there are things there that are kind of exotic, and you're not sure that you're going to want it, but you'd like to try it, try it. Same with your kids. If there's something there that you think that they would like to try, try it. Because why not? Well, and that's a good it's, point too. I wouldn't limit it just to kids. I mean, you know, even for adults, Willie, who sometimes limit their hey food decisions here, Willie. Sea bass? Um, what do you mean you don't like sea bass? Have you ever tried sea bass? Exactly. No. <laughs> I don't want to. But this is the chance to do it in a safe environment where it doesn't cost you anything. There's no, there's literally no loss. Right. That's why you have Bicky bars. Oh. But you have to ask for the Mickey bars and l- until they figure out so that they you, might you out. want them, and then they'll bring them. But they're, they're not on the menu. You, right. You, yeah. You have to know that they're there. They and get room service off of them also. Yep. Yes, they do. Nothing, Just tender waiters. You, 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 as, haven't, as, you haven't lived until you've, you've had a Mickey bar served on a silver platter. Correct. Yes. <laughs> as dads, I have to relay this one dining experience to you because I know you'll all appreciate it. Um, my wife and I were having lunch in Cabanas one one day, and um, the, the one thing that I always love about lunch in Cabanas is they have one entire thing that's just full of shrimp and crab uh, crab claws or crab legs, right? So I will load up a plate with the crab claws and 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 the rosa, the, the rosa sauce and just sit down and have at it. So. Um, we were doing that. We were sitting there, and I was, you know, I, I had already finished my meal, unfortunately. I look across the way, and here is this 13-year-old boy sitting at a table by himself, and he is just struggling with these crab claws. He wants to eat that crab claw so bad, and he just has – he's having trouble with it. And I, so I, I said, excuse me just a second, and I got up, and I sat down at the table across from him and said, you know – there's these cuts here that if you just you know break it open there or run your fork in right there, um, it'll it'll crack open. You'll be able to get to that meat. He's like, wow, thanks. So you know, <laughs> I, I watched him a little bit longer, and he was still struggling. So I got up, went to the buffet, got a couple of crab claws, came back and sat down with him at the table and said, let's eat this together. And so you know, I you know we sh- I showed him, yeah, okay, pull this part right here, and then once you get this part, if you pull the the claw right here, then you'll get that meat out too. And he was like, he just looks at me and goes, "I wish there were more people in the world like you." <laughs> <laughs> and that that was a special moment for me because so you did know, you, I, did you turn back and you know toss your Diz Dad shirt to him? Like know, something out of a Coke yeah. commercial. <laughs> or, just, or just pull the shirt between the shirt like Superman. Here I am. Oh, see, I had a I had a thanks mean Joe yeah. image in my head. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the old joke. Yeah. <laughs> his name was Xander. He was 13 years old and he was just having the time of his life. And when once I showed him how to get to the, the crab meat and those things, he was just he was going after it. So that was just one of those proud dad moments that I didn't have my own kid there. So hey, you borrowed somebody a, else's. Kid that, yeah, I borrowed someone else's. He and needed some help to be a dis dad. Yes. Well, and, and you know what? That that was actually another thing that I kind of had mentioned meant to mention earlier that we didn't get to and and it's it's that traveling as adults without your own kids with you on a, on a Disney cruise, it, it's I, I don't want this to sound bad, and I'm afraid it might, but 
Well, I'm sure we'll correct you. <laughs> it's it's you, you kind of have these opportunities to vicariously appreciate somebody else's kids, right? Or or get to vicariously experience those parental emotions, even though your kid isn't with you or, or has aged out of that particular moment in their lives, right? Right. It, it's and still just as joyful or almost as joyful to see somebody else's, you know, six-year-old have that first, you know, wow moment meeting a character just the yes. same way it was for your kid, even if it's not your kid. So, you know, there's, there, it can still be fun even to be hanging out in the, uh, you know, in, in the foyer there in the lobby area where, where those meet and greets often happen just to kind of watch for a while and, and, you know, watch the interactions. Well, in bonus, this was a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. Oh, that's so, right. you know, getting to go into those meet and greets and just watch the kids going, wow, Chewbacca is so tall. He must be 10 feet tall. Yeah, and he was. He was tall. He was He was probably He was probably a good six, seven, seven foot. Um, but, you know, it was just getting to, like you said, live vicariously through those kids' eyes. Yeah. Uh, and, and one thing, and I'll, I'll also add this, um, this was a social media thing that I did, was at the beginning of December, I said, hey, guys, you know, if you're giving this trip to your kids as either like a Christmas or Hanukkah or some present like that, do me a favor and, and you know, video the moment and, and share it on the on the group here. Because my kids are now past that age. They're, you know, my youngest is, will be 21 next month. So, you know, I don't get to see stuff like that anymore. And you'd be surprised. So many people were happy to do that. And uh, so there was one in particular where um, the parents had uh, uh, video uh, recorded their oldest um, doing they doing the reveal. Uh, the two their two younger kids they were not going to tell until they got to the port. But the oldest kid had a lot of anxiety issues, so they made sure they told her up front. Well, so they recorded it and posted it. As my wife and I are sitting on the airplane, who gets on the plane but that one family? <laughs> and I went, <laughs> I know those people. So on the way back out, you know, I, the girl walks past and I said, excuse me, but are you going on a cruise tomorrow? And she just turned and looked at me with these great big eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, I know it. I knew it. I, I saw a video of you. And then, then she got really confused, kind of, stranger danger. Who is this creep? <laughs> <laughs> but that was just that was so awesome, and, and and again, it's just part of that you know living vicariously through other people's kids, and and sure. you know, I, I I love that. I'm I'm a dad through and through. What can I say? All right. So you you did say that overall you felt like the the food wasn't as good this time, maybe a little uneven. Was there something uh, somewhere along the line though that did stand out that that's you know left a positive impression? Hmm. Well, here let me give you a little more sto backstory on this particular cruise. There was um, uh, a couple of six point something earthquakes in Puerto Rico the previous week, and really high winds. Besides that, on the sea, so we were facing ten to twelve foot waves oh, the wow. whole time at sea, and it was rocky. I mean, even though even the wait staff, you know, they'd be walking through the the, the dining room and have to plant a foot. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of wait staff uh, wound up being sick, and we wound up with um, our assistant waiter having to go take another section as a waiter because their waiter was down. Um, so that being said, I imagine there's adequate reason why the food might have been a little bit less stellar than what I was right. used to. 
That's a challenge because it's a challenge. I mean, not only is it issues that, you know, it may not your your impression of it may be colored by the fact that you're maybe feeling a little uneasy. And then I got to think that in the kitchen, in some in some ways, they're simplifying what they can here and there just because, you know, (laughs) I have to agree. Yeah. You know, the knives are flying and so is the dishes. I mean, well, they could also be down staff. Right, I right. Mean, just the waiters down doesn't mean that the two cooks aren't down and two, you know, sous chefs. Exactly. I'm sure that was the case because even they were telling us we've never felt anything like this. Uh, so Jeez. you know, it was bad. Yeah, they and it's really unusual, a- especially for this time of year. I mean, you just oh, yeah. don't tend to get the real rough seas in, in no, January in the Atlantic like that. Yeah, this was our fifth Disney cruise, and I've never experienced anything like that. Um. <laughs> so um monday on during the cruise we had brunch up at remy's i thought well that you know this is going to be a completely different experience so i've done lunch at, at uh, brunch at palo but not at remy um and i was really surprised that even though the food was really exquisite i mean the the prep was amazing the presentation was amazing the if you have texture issues let me just say this is not going to set very well with you but it was I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it was right about that time that all the the battling of the waves and uh, probably all the drinking the night before really got to me, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to be done here." <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but you know, as, as far as a standout meal is concerned, to me, every meal is a standout meal. Um, you know, we uh, being absent the pirate day that we usually get, like on the Dream, uh, in lieu of the Star Wars day. Uh, the the menu was not the same. You know, on, on on Pirate Day, you typically get you know typically get more finger foodish kind of things. Uh, not so on this trip. Um, they had a lot of Star Wars themed uh, meals. I mean, obviously they're not going to you know serve you bantha meat, but they tell you it's <laughs> bantha meat. <laughs> no, to me everything everything was still Disney on a bad day is still better than most other places on a great day. My brother and I say that all the time. Like, I'd rather be at Disney than at home. Yep. Even rain at Disney is better than being at home. Yep. <laughs> and so it is with the restaurants. Right. Yeah. Our, our first Disney cruise uh, on the way to the airport in the in the car, in the transfer, my son is sitting in the back seat, and I'm seeing him, like, you know, looking at his fingers and counting and looking up and looking back at his fingers and counting. And um, apparently he was trying to figure out roughly what it would cost to live on the ship. Cause he just wanted to move. <laughs> oh man. I, for the most part, I would do the same, but uh, yeah, my, my wallet would not agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So this was one of those that with all the extra time at sea is like, okay, so how many alcohol tastings can I sign up for? So Okay, uh, good. So this is where I was headed next is let's let's talk about the the shipboard experiences because <laughs> on a well, on an Eastern Caribbean especially, right, you have the extra sea day. You have three days um at sea. And this one was a kind of a challenging one to have three days at sea, because three days at yeah. sea and they're rougher days. But uh, you know what what uh, did you do to fill those days? How'd you do, uh, and how'd those things go? There is there is never a lack of things to do. But uh, that being said, um, you know, we said okay, Sunday. Uh, 
Here's the other thing is I, I, I was the one that was, was responsible for setting up three different private events on the ship. So I had two private open bars and one private mixology that I set up myself. Um, unfortunately, the, one, the, the open bar that, that I had set up for Sunday, we left on Saturday, and I had set up an open bar for 4 o'clock on Sunday. But then I was contacted uh, by Disney Cruise Line and said, hey, we're booking a wedding there at 4, so you're going to have to pick another time. Oops. Well, so, oops. So I, I had to move it back to one o'clock. Well, I'd already scheduled a rum tasting for one o'clock that day. So um, basically, we went, went to the rum tasting, and they were all rums I've had before. So it was nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary or, or anything what I really expected. I expected them to haul out the really cool things like Seven Fathoms and things like that. Um, but, you know, it was Kraken, it was Appleton. You know, these are th- these are rums that I've had before. We talked about them, we learned about them, but really, we were done in a half an hour. So I decided, you know, I grabbed my wife and we went over to the, the open bar, um, which on the fantasy, uh, the way they did it was, uh, you know, where the Outlook Lounge is on the Dream and the Fantasy. You have to go into the forward funnel, and it's up on the fourteenth deck in the funnel. Uh, the that that bar space that lounge space that they never use right because well, yes, it's it's I have kind been of up there it, it's like the it's where the cigar bar is right yeah yeah and the only thing that's up there is um that lounge uh, a bathroom and a radio station that I don't think is ever used uh so you know we walked in there and I you know met as many people as I could you know just having you know had these conversations with all these people on social media for months and months and months uh, leading up to the trip and then actually getting to get in there and meet those guys was it was great um but yeah we did the rum tasting on Sunday then went to the open bar after that and then went and found an open bar so to say <laughs> where <laughs> Needless to say, I don't remember a lot of the pictures that were taken on Sunday night. <laughs> okay. See, I'm looking forward to see some of those pictures. Yeah. Oh, where are these? <laughs> when, when did I do that? <laughs> In the elevator going down to the next bar? Okay. I have some of those. Yeah, I uh, but my, I have a, a dis dad brother that sent me a really cool um, Yoda tie for Christmas. And I wore that to formal night. So... You see that you see me in a suit and the Yoda tie that was formal night and I was three sheets to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we did. Um, uh, we did. Though, here's the things that we did do. We did a champagne tasting. We did the rum tasting. We did a martini tasting. We did uh, a, a tequila tasting. Um, so, I mean, just if you're if you're into the aspect of. Uh, adult beverages and tasting things you've not tasted before or we wanted to learn more about there were things that we couldn't even get to uh, there was a bourbon tasting a whiskey tasting and uh, 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 i don't even know there were there are several tastings that we couldn't even get to um well sure even when you've the, had that much to drink it is hard to get from place to place it is no i just you know hop on on my wife's lap and let her drive me <laughs> <laughs> great line yeah <laughs> But uh, no, I'm I am a sucker for a good Dole Whip with rum, and they have them there. All right, so I've heard those called one, Dole Whips. Yeah, Dole Whip. Adult Whip. <laughs> adult Whip. Yeah, I call it yeah. Dole Whip because if you have too many of them, you turn into a real dolt. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all, right, well, all that being 
let, let's circle back to your port days because you have a couple of port days and you did talk about getting a, a private tour set up. And frankly, you know, you mentioned it being out of necessity because, you know, that's what you needed to do to accommodate, um, you know, your wife's ECV and, and that situation. But I got to be honest, you know, with very rare exceptions, I, I find that, that if you can find the same tour, you know, offered by the cruise line or offered separately as a, a third party option, the third party option is almost always a better option. Um, mm-hmm. You know, often they're cheaper. And even if they're not cheaper, you end up traveling with a smaller group. And so you get a better experience out of it. Because the, the downside of using the ship's tour is that, you know, they they set the rules for the tour operator, really. And they say, this is how many guests you will take, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to when the you know, you're booking directly with the operator. The operator says, we prefer to do this tour with, you know, 15 to 20 people instead of the 35 to 40 that the cruise line sends them. And they also can set their own agenda. This is the route we're going to go. Yeah. And uh, I will say, you know, um, uh, we did not really have that option available to us in Tortola, uh, in the British Virgin Islands. So, you know, to to that extent, um, if you've ever been to Tortola, there is uh, the um, uh, the sightseer section that's re- that's right there by the 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 the, the pier. You go in and. Uh, everything that, that that is not in the tourist section is fenced off. You can't go anywhere but just the the that main central part right there downtown and and about all that's there is jewelry and clothing until you find the store that has all the rum. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a, a rum distillery on Tortola that is over four hundred years old that um um yeah, I really would lo- love to have gone and toured, but since that option wasn't really available, at least I could still get the Arendelle rum uh, there in that store. So I lucked out with that. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there are always a few ports where there really aren't many third-party options just because they're they're isolated and they're sort of company stores. You know, even if it's not technically a private island, the only people who are ever there are people who are there as part of a cruise. So, you know, it's, there there isn't anything to do that isn't, by contract with the cruise line. Right. And, um, uh, really, I feel fortunate that we even got to, uh, to, to make dock in Tortola and St. Thomas, because the tour before us, uh, the cruise before us and the cruise after us, neither one actually got to make, uh, uh, many, if any of their, uh, uh, of their ports. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's That's just a lot of really, days at sea. Yeah, it is on rough seas. Yeah. But, uh, St. Thomas was really beautiful. Uh, and the thing about it is, you know, with ha- the the hurricanes that had come through there, there's th- everything is, as you can imagine, very, very, very slow to rebuild. I have some amazing pictures of, um, for example, we drove past a church where the entire front of the church was ripped off, and it's still that way. And I, you know, I was able to, you know, grab my camera and take a picture, and you can see all the way to the back of the church. Um, unfortunately, there's a lot of the island that is still just reeling from. Uh, the hurricanes, there is a, a, apparently a well-renowned golf course on St. Thomas where uh, Tiger Woods went and played. Um, president Bill Clinton, when he was president, went and played. There are beautiful, these beautiful condos that overlook um, the, the fairways and greens, and those have been, those were ripped up terribly by the hurricanes. And the golf course was in such bad shape that they just let it go. 
it's it is now overgrown with brush and and weeds and and stuff it's like it is amazing to see um a, a, a nice golf course in such decline but you know on the flip side of that you know we get to we get to the top of uh, the the very top point of the mountain you could look down at megan's bay and it's just gorgeous um there was just there's a lot that's uh, really beautiful about st thomas yeah, the, yeah, those areas are beautiful, and and I'm confident they will bounce back, and that the even the golf course I can almost guarantee you will get you know renovated. It's it's just a matter of of you know prioritized work and you know getting some infrastructure probably taken care of first. Yeah. Um, but you know the best way to support that happening is to do what you did, which is to go and visit, um, because yes, that's where the funds come to do the real work of, of repair. Yep. So, you know, my wife wound up with a, a beautiful anniversary ring from one of the shops there in St. Thomas, you know, but, but that's the thing. And if you, if you, if you know how to do it right, shopping can be a lot of fun on the, you know, on all the Caribbean islands. Um, especially when you walk in and, and um, you make mention of, uh, yeah, well, uh, I don't see any rum anywhere. They go to the back and get you a glass of rum and bring it out to you. <laughs> here, shop with us a little longer. Take a look at this. <laughs> drunk shopping. <laughs> drunk shopping. You can get there pretty fast. There's good money uh, in drunk shopping. Yes. Uh, of course there is. Both sides. You That's lose right. a lot of money, they win a lot of money. <laughs> there you go. But on the other hand, I I can say how much is that, and they say, oh, that's seven ninety five. I said, did you say six hundred? And they say, yeah, we said six hundred. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's amazing how rum affects your hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? What? What was that? Uh, this must be the rum talking. What is this? You served it to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, that, you're exactly right. It's the tourism business that's going to help them get back on their feet, and um, you know, so. To that end, I'm, I I never shirk it. it thinking about um, last time I was at Nassau and, and in the straw market there, you know, the, some of these people in, in these markets are just so dirt poor. And, you know, if you've got a few bucks, what is that going to – it's not going to make a difference to me, but it sure makes a difference to them. So, you know, I you know, The $10 uh, turtle that they've carved? Yeah. Like, right. Like, okay, so I'll give you 15 I don't care. Yeah, you know, and 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 that that young lady just you know goes off thinking, "Wow, what a day I've had." Yeah, and it, it's no skin off my back. Well, meanwhile, we're buying fifteen dollar drinks on the boat. Thank you. <laughs> or going to drink tests and um, <laughs> rum tastings and yes. open bars <laughs> yes. and mixologies. Mixologies, those are fun. Mixology, that's fun. Um, all right, so so we've, we've talked ports, we've talked on board. What haven't I asked you about? That well, I know what I haven't asked you about. I haven't asked you about Star Wars Day. Um, so talk about that whole experience because I, I haven't had an opportunity to, to enjoy a, a Star Wars Day at sea, and I'd love to hear all about it. That stuff is authentic. They they do a bang up job. So first we we went uh, and saw Chewbacca, and. Um, I was wearing, uh, of course, my resistance shirt, and my wife was wearing her first order dress. So, you know, the uh, way we got around that is I told Chewbacca that she was the rebel spy, so he, he still hugged her. <laughs> but like I said, he is seven feet tall and very, very authentic and and speaks Wookiee. And uh, there were even some things that he said in Wookiee that, you know, 
actually you could kind of understand that it was like you're welcome you say thank you and he's like and it comes out you know oh he said you're welcome didn't he yes but what really blew me away with Darth, was Darth Vader um because of course it's, it's same day she's in her first order dress I'm in my resistance t-shirt and Talk about getting up in your face and being very uh, <laughs> intimidating. He's like, I'm watching you. And I said, never turn your back on rebel scum. <laughs> so, I mean, we just back and forth like this until he finally goes, I want this area cleared and secured. <laughs> That's when they ushered us out. Um, R2-D2. Um, you know, Life-size, making all the beeps and boops and noises. C-3PO actually moves. He's not just a standstill anything. He's moving around and talking to you. And that was just really awesome. Um, For those meet and greets, um, for two of the three, they actually just cordoned off parts of one of the restaurants, Animator's Palette. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just covered up the tables and everything. And you just, they only let in so many people per 15 minutes. And they, man, like I said, they have this down to science. They know exactly how many people they can get through in 15 minutes. And they do a great job of, you know, moving everybody through, taking all the pictures you want, whether it's, you know, their camera or yours. Um, so that that was pretty awesome. And then uh, they have a Star Wars show on deck that's not unlike the pirate show, but it's Star Wars themed and they do fireworks uh, and all that stuff. So that was very, very cool. Um, there is a... Uh, it looks like a foot warmer for your bed. It's not really a foot warmer because it's you know it's way too thin to, to do any good. But it's Star Wars Day at Sea, and they expect you to stick that in your suitcase and take it home with you. Oh, and everybody nice. did. So yeah, that was all. That was all pretty awesome. Did they show all the movies in continuous run in the theater? Um, they did on Star Wars Day. Yeah, they showed them all and, and culminated with um, uh, the the most recent release. You know, uh, in, at night. So if you wanted to do that, you could do that. And that's the thing about the movie theaters, too, that some people don't realize is what is shown in the theaters. Just it's what's out in the theaters at home. Uh, even if it's the same day it comes out, uh, they've got it on, you know, on deck or not on deck, but on, on the ship. So um, you want, we tried to wait to see um, uh, the, the last Star Wars movie until we got on, on the ship, but we couldn't. So, <laughs> Oh, you would have had to wait like a whole month. I mean, come on. That wasn't happening. We knew that. that. Rise of Skywalker was too worth going to see. Yeah. I but agree. they had it in, in in original cinematic format and in 3D. So if you want to go watch it in 3D, go watch it in 3D. So that was very cool. All right. Well, that's great. Um, so is there anything about this cruise that, that we didn't ask you about that you think it's important for people to know? Um, let me see if I can kind of call this into one thought we opted not to go um out on castaway key day because it was just a little too chilly um and a lot of people by the time we were getting ready to leave were already coming back on the boat going it's just too chilly um and i got to talking to one of the crew members uh about how many people you know just fuss and complain and uh about you know when they can't make make dock on particularly on Castaway Key, because that's the big draw, right, is the Disney's private island. He told me a story of when he was working on a different ship, I think it was the Wonder, if I'm not mistaken, that they um, you know, probably made dock against their better judgment, tied up the boat, and then the winds were so strong that it actually ripped the moorings out 
and blew the boat against um, a big metal pole that's against that that man-made reef that they have there Whoa. and dam- damaged the ship. So, you know, I'm like, wow, that's – when they say they can't make dock, there's a really good reason for it. So oh, yeah. Just be satisfied. They're going to give your money back and probably compensate you a little bit extra besides that. But go with it because, you know, it's better to be safe than to, you know, um, make sure you get to that one port adventure that you were looking forward to. And then they have the boat crash into something. Right. Because that really kind of messes with everybody's plans. Uh, both your crews and the next one after that, too. That's right. They can get it fixed. So, uh, Willie, anything yeah. that, that, you know, as we're talking, as we're chatting about all these things comes to mind for you, as we, especially as we've been talking about these things that, you know, make Disney Cruise Line worth the cost. And in this case, even when you're traveling without kids. One question I had was because you all missed so many uh, calls of port, did they do special things while you were on the ship? Like add extra events, add extra this, or because, you know, people plan for other people to be off the ship while you're on the ship and the other way around, like at Castaway, I'll stay on the ship so we can do like the the water slides and things alone. Yes. And, and, but that's the, there is a, a drawback to that. Um, when you're in, well, particularly at Castaway Key, like we didn't get off, um, there are, are very limited things that you can do because while you're uh, at port, all the, all the stores on the, on the ship are closed. So, that's true no matter where you're where you're docking at. If you're at one of the port destinations or just Castaway Key, that is true. Um, they're going to close down the stores. So, you know, you're really limited on what you can do and where you can go. Not all the rest. There's there's only one restaurant that's open, you know, so forth and so on. Um, but Diamonds International is open if you want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a Tiffany's. 25% on. off coupon. <laughs> there's a Tiffany's on the, on the Fantasy. Yeah. Trust me, we spent, we killed some time in there. Didn't buy anything, but killed some time in there for sure. But um, as far as increased activities are concerned, no, not not really. If if they can make port and people get off, then you know whatever they had planned uh, for the people that stay aboard it stays true. But I don't think they really do a whole lot else. Yeah, unless if you don't, don't make if you don't make right. port, I'm sure there's. That's you know. the issue, right? They were actually able to let them get off at the places they were scheduled to get off. It's the cruises before and after them that, you know, were not able to actually dock. Okay, right. I misunderstood. Yeah. Because we we were on the cruise with Matthew following us. Oh, okay. And Ooh. They, they took us back to um, Cosmel for an extra day, which was awesome. But, of course, we missed Castaway. Right. For obvious reasons. But I mean, they they started offering things on the boat that was just like free day at sea, and then they they started with the buy one get one free drinks, and they started with the you oh, know really? yeah <laughs> surprise surprise <laughs> uh, spend some more drunk, money. I won't mind. Right. <laughs> no, I understand the Eastern Caribbean that went after us. Um, they actually changed from Tortola to San Juan, Puerto Rico, just you know because those seas were so rough. Yeah, uh, and they were able to you know find a little bit calmer waters around um, Puerto Rico. Actually, so, that's another thing that that I know all the cruise lines do it now, but Disney has has uh, 
I've noticed it from them that they've, they've been really good about rerouting themselves, even like during a cruise. They'll, they'll adjust based on what the, what the weather's doing. And I, I mean, Yes, if you if you sail at times that are outside of of hurricane season, the chances of getting calmer seas are better, but it's always a gamble, you're always rolling dice and they're always taking as much of the random chance out of it as they can by managing routes, by, you know, redirecting if they need to. Um and it does mean that you have to Except that you, you may have to be flexible sometimes and your your ports may end up getting visited out of order or, you know, you may miss a port. But ultimately, it, it's to make sure that you get a better experience right. overall. Well, they yeah. want you to enjoy the ship and they want you to enjoy your vacation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and to the extent that you're not going to be able to enjoy the vacation if they stick to this route. They're going to find something that's more enjoyable, and they, and all you got to do is go to the, you know, the the port adventures desk and change things up. That's fine. We were following Matthew that whole time, and we never had rough seas. You would never have believed there was a hurricane four hundred miles away, like wow. because we got to Cuba area, and I can just remember we picked up some refugees who were stuck in a boat, and we loaded them on, and then the coast guard came. And then, like, all of a sudden, the boat just started turning. Like, like you've never been on a ship where it just all of a sudden started turning at 90 degrees. And we're like, we're going to Cosmel again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we out of here. And they made, yeah, we made a right at Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> it was so cool, though. Second start of the left. Cleared. Well, so one other thing, um, just a, a couple of little things that I think are worth mentioning because they're, they're, significant to making Disney Cruise Line a good choice for families in particular, um, which wasn't as much the issue with, with you know, Tim, because it was just he and his wife this time. But um, there are a couple of things about the staterooms that I think really stand out for Disney Cruise Line. Um, there are other cruise lines that have started to catch up in terms of, of the size of staterooms and, um, you know, the, the clean, cleaning up the design and, and getting more modern design because Disney was in front on that, but a lot of the other cruise lines, I think, have started to catch up. The places where they really stand out, I think, still are um, the split bathrooms, both the, the design and the execution of it is just genius. I mean, you would, who would think that something so small, and I'm not there referring to the size of the bathrooms, but that's true too. Um, but but something so small can make such a big difference. Yeah. You put the the shower in a separate room from the toilet and, you know, you can accommodate more people, you know, that are in the stateroom. Well, and, and it's not just the toilet, right? Cause you've also got a sink in there too, so Uh that that somebody can actually, yeah, (laughs) right. Right. You don't, I mean, Traveling with two boys and two two girls now, right? Two men, two women now. Waiting while the women put on makeup before dinner. And, you know, it was just so nice that John and I could go ahead and do our thing and brush our teeth. And we didn't have to worry about being in the way of the flying makeup brushes. What's really cool is if you have a spa membership, go up to Census. They have full-size showers. Oh, yeah. My wife uses those all the time. Sure. She's like, I'm going up there. And that leaves the two boys to shower, which takes forever. And then myself. Right. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, so that that's a big one, and it's it's just one of the things. Not every stateroom has the split bathroom. Um, there's there's a small subset that don't. Um, but well, the accessible rooms don't. Right. Right, because but because one of the downsides do of the split bathroom is that there there's no way they can make it handicapped accessible. Right. But what they do in the accessible staterooms is you can roll the roll your ECV directly into well, right into the shower. Fold down the shower seat and just transfer over to that shower seat, push the ECV back out of the way, close the curtain, take a shower. And the drain uh, that they've the, the way they outfit the drain in that situation is uh, the floor drain goes right around where the shower curtain is. So any water that's hitting the curtain goes straight down into a into oh, a floor drain. Brilliant! It's really cool. It is really cool. Just genius. That's great. They thought that one out. Yes, yes, they did. Um, so that and then the other is just um, sort of uh, stateroom capacity and and sort of allocation right one of the things that drives me crazy sometimes trying to help a family of five take a cruise anymore is finding a stateroom i can put five people in on most cruise lines right i mean we're stuck trying to find adjacent and and even at that it seems to me that most cruise lines these days have so few connecting rooms that it's it's like this, you know, mad rush because there's half a dozen on the entire ship and, you know, every family of five in the country is trying to book those six rooms. Right. You're punished on other cruise lines compared to Disney. Like, you literally can look at floors after floors of connecting rooms on Disney. Yeah. And then on the other lines, you're like, oh, we didn't book two years ago. We don't get it. Not going to get it. Sorry. Right. Um, so you end up with a lot more flexibility, and and you're still probably still paying more in Disney, but you know you're you're not dealing with the headache of finding rooms that are next to each other and dealing with um you know when you're getting everybody ready before dinner. I didn't realize how convenient connecting staterooms were until the one time we were dealing with them using them and and everybody was trying to scramble because we'd gotten back from port a little bit late and we're kind of scrambling to get everybody ready and and off to to dinner and being able to move back and forth between the two staterooms while people were getting ready without having to open a door to the hallway was four sinks so two toilet two showers yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely very helpful um, so it, it really is convenient and, um, there are a lot more of those available. And then, like I said, so it's the combination. It's, it's both the, the capacity of the staterooms. There are more staterooms that you could put four or five people in. And then in addition to that, if you need more space than that, right, you can find connecting rooms that work. Um, and then my, my favorite hack for large families trying to take a Disney cruise line cruise and, you know, blanching at the cost of, of the two connecting uh, veranda staterooms, look for a veranda that is across the hall from an inside. Right. right there you go. Yeah. Book an inside and a veranda. And a veranda. You can sleep nine sometimes. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they've got the beds that are up in the ceiling that you can pull down and, yeah. um, the stateroom across the hallway from me, they had bunk meds. Yeah. It was awesome. Right. Exactly. And they don't push the beds together with the middle thing. That's just as hard as a rock on your back. That is what I've noticed on the other cruise lines. It's like, what do you mean two beds that can 
be pushed together to make a keen. What do you mean? With what a stick mean? in the middle. With a stick. What is, what's this about? <laughs> well, now, to be fair, it's a challenge the other way a little bit on Disney, right? If you're, if you're sailing with, with somebody as adults and, you know, it's not your spouse or not your significant other, it's a little bit of an uncomfortable situation because all, you know, Disney doesn't have the split beds anymore. Um, so you and they, they can, got plenty of pillows to put the dividing line right down. Well, and, and I mean, they can still accommodate, you know, even one of the nice things is that even the smaller, you know, basic capacity rooms on, on uh, Disney cruise line are going to have at least, you know, the, the, uh, convertible sofa that'll convert mm-hmm. into a bed and, and they do a With pretty good job. Of keeping those I slept on one of those for three nights and it wasn't bad at all. I mean, Obviously, you can't roll over twice, or you're on the floor. Right. <laughs> well, if you ask, your your um, stateroom host will get you a bed rail. Oh, there you go. We weren't there long enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard that those those pullout sofas are more comfortable than my pullout sofa here. Oh, yeah. so there you go. All right. Uh, well, you know, I, I think we've covered the the full range. Um, if there are other things we haven't covered, I'm sure listeners would love to tell us about it. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, I should mention that um, we, we did get some uh, listener email recently. Uh, Willie forwarded a, a message that he'd received from a listener. And uh, I just want to let Greg know that um, we heard you. Um, Greg emailed complaining a little bit about the, um, background music that I was experimenting with. So this is, this is episode seven. I think we've done background music in like three or four episodes. Um, and there are a couple that don't have it. We're playing with it back and forth to find out what we're comfortable with. I I hear you, Greg. I understand what you're saying. Um, some of it is sometimes a matter of, um, artistic license some of it is um a little bit of necessity our earliest recordings we had some issues with background noise and so laying in some background music um helped cover willie's chair um okay so i wasn't gonna call it out but yes willie has an incredibly squeaky chair in his office um so the background music helped cover uh, but but I heard you, and I understand what you're saying. I, I don't know that we're going to use backing music all the time. I know that, frankly, it makes my job easier when I don't use it. Um, on the other hand, it's kind of fun sometimes. And uh, as far as the sort of silly sound effects go, those you're just going to have to live with because that's me. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, but that said, we do really appreciate the the feedback, and you know, we always like to hear from our listeners. So, um, you know, they're listening. Yeah, right. It's great to know you're listening. So, so Greg, um, I do have your uh, your your mailing address here uh, as our first listener email of the uh, Diz Dads Podcast Plus launch. I'm going to send you one of our Diz Dads uh, coffee cups. So watch your mail for that. We'll get that out to you winner, soon. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yes. And, um, and I can eventually get the last box of those things out of my basement. Um, <laughs> but, hey, you know what? You should send us email because we might send you some swag, too. Um, you know, we... Uh, Okay. Maybe I'll send you some rum from the Caribbean. Nah. No, that, that's easy. I'll send you all the email you want, Tim. Uh, empty bottles, maybe. Yeah, empty <laughs> bottles. There you go. 
I'm trying right. not to drain all of them <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> well, you, you heard us rambling about Disney Cruise Line. You heard us talking about Greg sending us email. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at podcast at disdads.com. You can also email the hosts here individually. You could email uh, Aaron. Uh, you can send it to ajritz at disdads.com. You could also get Tim at... Old Texas Boy, OL Texas Boy at AOL.com. Yes, it's an old school thing, but I'm good with that. And if you want to get a message to Willie specifically, it's Willie, W I L L I E, at wickedmousetravel.com. And of course, we're always there on the web at disdads.com or on Facebook, uh, just facebook.com slash disdadspodcast, and on Twitter at disdadspodcast. Until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Ripmaster, with Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. And our intrepid traveler, Tim Hicks. (laughs) See you real soon.